we're back again on the MPL Sunday show here for the Brisbane Football Review. A lot of MPL and FFA Cup action to recap again this week. Adam, how are you? I'm good, Scott. How are you? I'm good. As I mentioned, it's not just MPL this week. It's also FFA Cup as that roars back into action with round six. So plenty, plenty to talk about on the show tonight because we were at Moreton Bay United versus Gold Coast Knights in the league. But there's plenty of league and cup action to talk about. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's a busy week for a few teams anyway. That uh, you know they get their league commitments uh, to get through uh, a cup, a important cup time midweek, and then they go back up next week. So you know, a few few of the top teams they're going to be playing uh, three games in a week, and it's going certainly going to test the metal and depth of some of these um, these uh, bigger clubs. Absolutely, they will. And we'll start off with the game which we were at on Saturday night. As we start off our wrap, as always, with the MPL Queensland. Round 10, it was at Walter Park, as I mentioned. Gold Coast Knights 3, Morton Bay United nil. It was a fast start from the Knights with Kaitapaldo scoring in the second minute. Eric Madley and Curtis Stollery followed up for a 3-0 win. But despite that, it was that's it, it, it makes it look like it was a pretty comfortable result for the Knights, which it, in some ways it was. But Morton Bay certainly had their chances in the game, didn't they? Yeah, so it was just one of those nights where it just didn't fall for Morton Bay, where I think on other nights, you know, that they have fought back and been able to find the back of net and put pressure after sort of going behind or they get off to a fast start. It just it just didn't seem to to sort of, you know, fall for them um, on Saturday night. And it was just one of those nights. I think the, the score might have um, sort of flattered uh, Gold Coast Knights slightly, but look, they were also good for the winner. I think you wouldn't take the three points away from them. But uh, yeah, I, I think Gold, uh, Morton... Morton Bay United weren't were not that bad. They weren't that bad, but they were missing a couple of key players as well, weren't they? They had Declan Smith unavailable at the back, and that was pretty noticeable, wasn't it? The fact that they were missing him in the heart of defence. They tried a couple of players in there, and it just didn't quite work. Yeah, absolutely, and that that's um, was such a big blow blow for for a um, player that twelve months ago was you know was seen as a striker was moved back there. Uh, the show it almost goes around uh, full circle last night. It just showed how much they missed him, his organisation. Because I think a couple of times, especially on the two goals that um, that Gold Coast scored, you know, inside the first twenty minutes came from either a defensive error or sort of a lapse of concentration where you know. The defense was confused and whatnot, and yeah, like uh, it was just, it was just, yeah, they missed his organization and you know just basically his presence. You know, obviously he's a big, tall player that you know that you know could match up against a player like a Kaitapaldo, who's you know tall timber himself. And um, and yeah, like I said, I think that's sort of ultimately that may have been where they were playing from behind. I don't think they missed his height and his physicality. They've got plenty of tall timber up there at Morton Bay. You know, they're building a basketball team or something. By the look of it, to me, but. <laughs> For Gold Coast Knights, this was the bounce back they had to have, wasn't it, after their uncharacteristic loss at home last week to Olympic. This was the bounce back they needed. Absolutely important week for Gold Coast uh, Knights where, you know, they need, after losing to Olympic, a game that, you know, they would have fancied themselves at home, you know, being that they, up until uh, last week, they'd never lost a league game there. Uh, and they had to come back with a um, with a bounce back. It took, come to a place where they traditionally have struggled at Walter Park. So this is a you know, a big win for them. They've, they've got a big cup tie, albeit against you know you know FQPL opposition in Holland Park Hawks, but still, it, when talking about cup midweek, uh, you know anything can happen. And then the big showdown against Pinchot Power next Saturday night. Absolutely, you mentioned anything can happen, and the good thing is they got some bodies back in. They Marek Madley returned from injury in this game. Max Brown returned as well, so they're getting key players back on the field at the right time. Yeah, and they they do. They're still missing Jason McQuarrie. He's he's going to be away for a little bit longer through, um, I believe it's a finger injury 
uh, or, or something do with that. Uh, yeah, so they, but also Jaden Walker did come off uh, in the second half last night, so that might be a bit of a concern. But uh, in defence, not I don't think it's the worst place for them. I think I think they've got a bit of cover there, but still. Overall, um, Gold Coast Knights probably got to the leanest of you know of the big of the big teams in in the MPL is in terms of you know I guess depth and experience and squad. Basically, it's a squad of about 15, 16 players. Then it's the kids. So to lose a couple of you know, key players like that, it, it might hurt them. But I still think they've got enough quality to at least get past you know Holland Park Hawks all being well, of course. Absolutely not. So again, we caught up with the coach of Gold Coast, Adam Poritz, as to what he had to say after the win, 3-0 over Morton Bay United over the weekend. I talked with the coach of Gold Coast, Adam Poritz. Adam, an uncharacteristic loss at home last week, but that's a perfect way to bounce back, isn't it? 3-0 result over Morton Bay. Yeah, fantastic result. You know, Morton Bay is always um, a tough opponent. You know, Brownlee gets them sorted out well. They're, they're, you know, it's like playing two games. It's like playing an offensive game and a defensive game. So, you know, you've got to win both of those games. And I, I think once they put that together, they'll be... I'll be right up there. Speaking of the offensive game, I mean, the offensive side of your team was fantastic. So are you really pleased with the combinations of the players in the front, particularly the goals in the first half? Yeah, well, we're not bad. We, we could have probably scored yeah. 10 and they could have scored 5. So, you know, we need to be better at, at, at scoring. You know, we, we scored 3 against Morton Bay, but, you know, realistically we should have been 4 or 5 up in the first 20 minutes. So, you know, we need to be punishing teams like that. So you've got a couple of players out Injuries, anyone coming back soon, or is he just so. off for now? I hope so. We're waiting for Jason, he's got a um, problem with his finger, so he had an operation on his finger. So, we're waiting for a medical clearance so that we can get him back on the pitch. Apart from that, there's um, that's about it. Mary, uh, Mary is suffering a little bit. Max Brown was just welcomed back into the squad after two weeks of poor ankle, um, but everyone else seems to be all right. And you've got a big week coming, got the FA Cup and then Peninsula Power in the league. What are your thoughts on those two matchups in particular? Well, look, we, 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 the Cup's a big one, you know, so we've, we've got full effort now into the Cup, so we need to make sure that we're, we're right up for that. And then, obviously, power, you know, we need to put, put power to the sword and, and sell him down. We need to slow him down. So, you know, we need to get back into the into the mix of winning it. And the only way to do that is to beat power. Great, so win tonight and good luck next week. Thanks, Winslow. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's what Adam Price had to say on Saturday night after the win over Morton Bay. We always thank the coaches for taking the time to talk to us. Adam, we'll continue our MPL Men's Round 10 recap now with the rest of the action over the weekend. And there were a couple of big wins for some standout contenders in the MPL, weren't there? 4-0 for Olympic FC over Capalabar at home and Peninsula Power with just a lazy seven over Brisbane Strikers as their woes continue. Yeah, um, it was important for Olympic not to drop the bundle after, you know, what was a really big win um, over over you know, Gold Coast Knights last week. Uh, and it looks like that the recent form has, has sort of been no coincidence to one Shannon Brady, who's uh, six goals in three games. And he's all of a sudden, you know, gone from a player that, you know, was sort of devoid of confidence, had a sort of rough season at Brisbane City last season and went down with them, you know, he's he sort of found a new lease of life uh, at Olympic, and he's almost in that form that you know um, that earned him a contract with the Brisbane Roar a few years ago. So it's good to see him uh, back. As for Peninsula Power, well, that's you know seven goals, you know seven goals. We sort of expected that they would you know torch someone this season, and unfortunately, it was poor strikers that who's getting torched by everyone at the moment. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's more we can say about Brisbane strikers uh, than what we've already covered. It's just you know, another week, another another bag of goals let through. But, uh, yeah, Andy Pangeli with a uh, hat-trick and he goes to the top of the Golden Boot race. 
He does. 12 goals to leave for Andy Pengelly. Puts him top of the NPL men's golden boot race. And it's good to see Shannon Brady. Maybe Ben Khan is unlocking the potential that is there within Shannon Brady as a player. Unleashing that in terms of this year on the NPL. Because you're right, he's been a much improved player this year for Olympic. Elsewhere on Saturday night, Logan Lightning. 4-0 winners away from home against Redlands United. A hat-trick for Connor Smith and young Will Carumba and rounding out the scoring down there. That's a that's a really good win, that, for Logan, isn't it, away from home? Another road win for Logan. Yeah, and look, so they sort of points are valuable as far as, you know, preserving their status in MPL for next season uh, for Logan. I think that they've almost, um, I don't know, a cataclysmic collapse as far as, you know, dropping games they shouldn't against, you know, teams that are beneath them. If they go on sort of, to do what they've done, you know, so far in the first ten weeks of the season, I think I think that'll be, it'll be mission accomplished for them. They'll be playing NPL football next season. Absolutely, another thing which will be playing NPL or two, both teams will be playing NPL next season, won't they? For sure. But Eastern Suburbs three, Lions FC three. This was crazy. This one it was Lions were three goals to the good on the hour mark before a pair of goals from Josh Pinn and Lynn Lawrence Kent with the goal in the eighty fifth minute to equalise it. This was one that at three 0 up. I don't think anyone saw this coming, did they, Adam? No, no. Normally, normally when Lions uh, are leading, they hit. They they're in the lead after an hour. They're very, very hard to to break down. I just wonder if you know they sort of got caught in sort of you know, a mental sort of you know sort of lapse in concentration collectively as far as. You know, they, they were up 3-0. They'll, they'll think about their FFA Cup tie Tuesday night. Um, East got on a bit of a roll, and they couldn't stop them. Uh, and, look, East have shown that in the past, that, you know, they get on a roll as a team and start scoring goals. They're, they're very, very hard to stop. And I think, that again, they've they've shown, they've taken sort of, you know, points off another big scalp. And, yeah, look, you got you got to credit, you know, Graham Ross and his team, you know, for, for doing that, for not giving up. Uh, but, look, yeah, Lions... No, more drop points, that's becoming a concern for him, I think. It is, and look, it's good. It, I'm sure it's a result Graham Ross was absolutely thrilled with against his former side, but mm. we talked about mentioned this last week, or at least a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure which week it was, but about Lions and the rebuild that they're going through. It's taking a, it's, it's proving how difficult it is to rebuild on the fly, isn't it? Because a lot of people would have thought, including the both of us, would have thought Lions would be in the top four currently at this stage of the season, but they are, at the moment, this rebuild's taking it's taking its time, isn't it? It is, and uh, it's one of those things where look, maybe maybe we're we're more shocked and we're more sort of it's more amplified because this is Lions, you know, almost the flagship club, you know, in in the in the league. I think obviously there'll be a few other big clubs that argue that, but you know, Lions are always you know you have know, been there sort of the top since their entry into MPL, and this is this is not usual to see them sort of struggling sort of, you know, in mid-table. But look, it just shows that, you know, when you lose the caliber of players that they have from last season, um, yeah, it it is a lot harder to rebuild. And um, we, we may be seeing, I think that's, I think it's more the shock of the fact is that seeing lines that low, we just, we just are not used to that. Absolutely. And I would remind all those clubs who would like to argue that point. That was Adam who said that, by the way. <laughs> we'll move on to the uh, only game played on the Sunday. It was a 3-2 win for the Brisbane Road Beggy Pardon down on the road against Gold Coast United in the M1 derby of sorts down there at Coplex. And uh, Gold Coast United got the early goal through Sam Smith in the penalty spot, Adam. But it was the character of this Brisbane Royal youth side to come back from that against a very physical Gold Coast. So that's a real feather in the cap, isn't it? 
Yeah, right. It was it's interesting because I saw we're obviously we're covering the game tonight on our socials, and um, I saw I remember I messaged you and said that you know that this was going to be a very tough task for you know the young Raw, given that you know the physicality of you know, defend, the defenders trying to sort of compete against players like Jared Kyle and Sam Smith, who are two probably most physical forwards in the game, um, and it was always going to be a challenge, you know, for like to Hassan Ramazani and uh, Jackson Hart Phillips and uh, Jackson Simpkin at the back there. There to try and sort of you know contain them and but to also go up the other end and you know and they sort of again showed that you know technically how proficient they are um it, it was a you know a great some, a couple of great goals from uh josh morland to equalize and then just before half time you know lose a barler with you know a long-range strike that that's uh that's a that Gave them the lead, but then to, it was a bit disappointing for them to concede very late through um, Elliot Ronto from the uh, from the uh, corner spot. But uh, yeah, then Eli Adams popped up in the second half for the winner. So it's again, this side doesn't give up, and this whole I think it's a, this next man up, you know, discipline that Chris Grossman's got in this side. Obviously, as we've said, they've lost Alex Parsons to the senior team. It looks like Cyrus Demi's also going to be there for a while yet. Um, yeah, and this was tonight. We saw Eli Adams, you know, step up as the leader of this team, the creative, you know, spark plug of the side. And yeah, he he picks up the winner. So yeah, they're, they're in the second and they're going really well. And Eli Adams also named in the extended Raw A League squad on last Thursday for the game in Newcastle. Obviously, he didn't make the trip down and didn't play, but he was named in the squad. So he's clearly on the radar. They've also lost Jordan Courtney Perkins, who's played regularly in the early part of the season. He's for now regularly on the bench in the A League as well. So this side had certainly seen its best players, or a number of its best players at least, moved into the A-League score, but they continued to be able to get the job done, and they certainly had to withstand a barrage, didn't they, down there on the on the Gold Coast in the last 15, 20 minutes? A lot of set pieces, a lot of long throws in, and they stood up to the challenge really well. I think that's probably going to be the most um, pleasing thing for Chris Grossman and the and the coaching staff there is the fact is that you know Gold Coast threw everything at him. You know Paul O'Brien's uh, long throw-ins and there seemed to be a heap of them uh, that you know that almost would you know, as you know, as proficient as you know as corners and they really had to scramble. I think that was a, that was probably the most impressive thing. And they, they actually celebrate after the game. You know the raw players you know, after holding on. So I think it's a feather in the cap. As far as Gold Coast United goes, um, look, the results are on the board at the moment. That again, they're just they're they're playing well enough. It's just they're just just missing just missing that creative spark, you know, to be able to you know, create more chances to to execute on their chances. I think that's something that you know Gray Peak's probably going to be looking sort of very heavily at. Is that you know they are they are matching it with the best teams. They're just the results aren't there at the moment. They they sit just above the relegation zone, which you know is would be a bit of a concern, but Again, you know, when you see them play against the teams uh, that are sort of around them, they're going out beating them four, five. So again, it's just a case of they're in the against the top teams at the moment. They're just behind behind the eight ball, but I think they'll be fine. So do I. they've got games in hand. So I'll talk go through a table yeah. in a moment, but they've got games in hand, and I do. I think you know, they, the one thing they are missing is a player who can just unlock the defense in the front third. Is that they've got clinical finishes up there with Sam Smith, um, Jared Kyle. Shane Smeltz, when he's back, we know that those three can score bag loads of goals in this competition because we've seen it in the past. They're just missing that one player, aren't they, who can just unlock a defence in the midfield. And the defence actually looks really solid as well, doesn't it? It's a young defence, yeah. but it's solid. So they're just missing that one player, aren't they? 
young young fullbacks, but very experienced uh, centre backs and taller wake staff and Alex Tabillion. So so yeah, it's and even you know the the screening midfielders, you know, be it the combination of either you know, Justin Campbell or Justin Mackay. So they've got the players. It's just yeah, they're just missing that one creative player. And I, I say that about a number of teams. It, like so it's not like they can just go and grab a you know a creative midfield attacking midfield from anywhere. That a lot of teams are missing that. So it's not a sort of a shot at them. It's just that seems to be where you know they go from being a good team to a great team might rest on finding that that creative player that can grab teams because like I said from a from a scoring point of view yeah, you've got two very reliable and experienced attackers in Jared Kyle and Sam Smith that you know that are capable of you know, scoring on their day all night. Absolutely, most certainly. Yeah, we'll go through the table now at the end of round ten. And the oh, there's one game actually before we go through the table. There's one game that's still to be played from round ten. It's the game between Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Magpies Crusaders. You know that game will be played in August. It was moved due to the Sunshine Coast Wanderers FFA Cup tie, which we'll talk about later on. But that game is due to be played in the end of August, I believe it is. As for the table, not much has really changed here, has it really, Adam? The top four remain remain exactly where they were. The points have moved up by three for all of them, but Peninsula Power remain three po- two points clear on top of the table ahead of the Brisbane Royal Academy. They still have that game in hand to play as well, so they're in a still in a perfect, still in a great position at the top of the table, but nothing's really changed there. And the only thing that has changed is Eastern Eastern Suburbs are up two spots after their draw against Lions. Last night with Capalabar and Gold Coast stopping down one place. And apart from that, not much has really changed, has it? No, no. But uh, the gap between fourth and fifth now has opened up to, to four points. So that's uh, that's uh, becoming a bit of a concern as far as that top four. They all won over the weekend. So naturally, they'll start moving away with uh, Morton Bay and Lions both losing. And Sunshine Coast Wanderers um, obviously paused as far as they had cup ties to worry about. So um, actually, just looking at the table, Sunshine Coast Wanderers aren't, got two games in the hand and sit six behind. So they could they could probably move into fifth if they can if they can rattle off um, a couple of those games. And they actually play East and Magpies Crusaders in those two two uh, makeup games. So ostensibly six points there for them if they if they're sort of at their best and and yeah, like I said, they they could you know, really sort of jump in into that sort of mix as far as you know, especially if some if a team or two falters in the top four, they may be in a position at the moment where they can strike, which a poor answer would be actually, you know, be beside himself seeing that they're in such a good position at the moment. I say just I should mention Logan are also above Sunshine Coast as well on the tables. So that's one thing as oh, well. Yes. Has changed, but apart from that, not much has changed over the course of the weekend. You're right though that Sunshine Coast have got those two games in hand and could certainly jump up the table if they win those games. As for Morton Bay and Lions, they certainly are now behind the eight ball, aren't they, in terms of their challenge for that spot in the top four. So you'll have to wait and see how that changes going into future weeks. Now we'll move on to NPL Women's Round 10 in that competition. Adam, it started on Thursday night between Western Pride travelling to Capalabar on a game we covered down there at John Fredericks Park. And Capalabar certainly did a number on didn't they? 5-1 winners over Western Pride in that game. And it was a very well-deserved win. Yeah, uh, it's a Western Pride. Western Pride, you know, they they came in, you know, with with hopes that maybe they could get a result against, you know, Capalva, who can tend to sometimes, you know, they can they can sort of have split personalities from time to time. They can either be very good or, you know, very ordinary. But uh, the very good Capalva, this is a Capalva side without Amy Chapman and Billy Murphy that came out and just absolutely blitzed them. And uh, and yeah, like uh, they're 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 proving to be. Um, 
maybe the dark horse as far as you know we we're sort of be raving on about uh gold coast united and lions being the dominant forces in npl women's and we'll talk about them shortly but uh look Capalabar out of nowhere all of a sudden they can get their whole whole side healthy and on the park at the same time um they they're probably just as good as as um as a lions or a gold coast united certainly in the front though they aren't they we know they've got tremendous experience in that front there's a Larissa Crummer now really just adding even more quality and experience to that front as well. So we'll have to wait and see what can happen when Capalabar when can get their full side on the field against a Lions or a Gold Coast, who we will talk about in a moment. But first, some of the other results from the weekend. Morton Bay United on Friday went to Spencer Park and came away with three a, a really important three points there. South United had a win 5-0 over Peninsula Power away from home. Olympic 4-2 winners over Eastern Suburbs. Angela Beard making her debut for Olympic and getting on the score sheets are having an instant impact there for Olympic. Now, the game which we were going to attend and didn't ended up not going down to Adam, it, and it became what we were hyping up last week as a top quality showdown between the top two sides. Ended up being an affirmation of the fact that Lions are the best team in this competition, and there is a bit of a gap between the rest of them. Didn't it? Because it was a five nil win for Lions over Gold Coast. Two goals to Tegan Riding, Holly McQueen. Marielle Hecker and Shay Connors also on the score sheet, but this was this was a real statement and a half. Yeah, um, I, I said probably a month ago that I thought the Gold Coast United were probably the best team, and yeah, but uh, this was a statement uh, of intent from Lions that you know they they came out and their their attacking um, force that they have are just just overwhelmed uh, Gold Coast United and look it could, probably could have been a few more to be honest they just that was the how dominant uh, the Lions were and yeah look. I just at this stage, I don't know who who could stop them. I, like I said, this is this was just a clinical a clinical attacking performance. It just piled it on, piled it on, and eventually, you know, they they cracked and they cracked for five basically. Yeah, I'm with you. I've got no idea who can stop Lions. Maybe Mitchell's people. Maybe go ask Mitchell on how they were able to to come back in the second half and get a point against them because so far they are the only side to do so at least at this point of the season. But they just look. A level above everyone, don't they? Look, I actually think we blame Mitchelton for for this dom- dominance because I think it was what woke him up. Um, because uh, it, it was actually funny that you know in the interview we conducted with Rob Askew last week, he did say that you know up until that Mitchelton game where they end up drawing, you know, for their by their stands almost embarrassingly, no disrespect to to Mitchelton. Um, yeah, they were just coasting, they were just getting through games. All of a sudden, there was a wake up call, and they have just piled on the goals and they've just piled on sort of you know the domination since then. And yeah, look, uh, I don't know how long they can sustain stay in this sort of run of form where they're just absolutely you know thrashing everyone. At some point, it's going to it's going to be sort of you know a lull. But uh, yeah, at the moment, I don't know who can stop them. Absolutely. And as for Gold Coast, do you reckon this has any sort of impact on them in terms of where they're at going forward? Because they would have thought they could have got something out of that game last night. And I imagine they would have been pretty shell shocked at the. Not necessarily to lose, but to lose in that magnitude to to lines, it would have been would have been tough. Yeah, look, it's, it's an interesting one. I think it would be interesting to see how they come out against Morton Bay next week and what they do as a reaction. Because yeah, this one this one I reckon would sting a little bit. Um, they sort of you know in this corresponding game last year, they really set the, the uh, market down. And when they when they beat them two nil, and, and we said that day that you know they they just absolutely made um, Lions look second rate. You know, for 
for Lions to come into their onto their home patch and you know completely thrash them, yeah, yeah I, this is going to be a tough one, you know, for uh, Alex Bundlow and and you know his team sort of you know to sort of how they react mentally. I think again. They, they probably are. They, they're still you now one of the better teams in the league. There's, there's no question about that. But um, yeah, like I said, as far as you know, their premiership defence goes, you know, as far as you know, competing. Yeah, this one, this is going to be a fair setback for them. But you know, as with good teams, you know, they will find a way. Absolutely, I expect. I would expect expecting a bounce back next weekend without any shadow of a doubt from Alex Bundelow's side because they're certainly good enough to do so. Two games played on the Sunday afternoon out of Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Fought back from a goal down twice to draw two all with Logan Lightning. And the gap came back from a goal down very early on to win 5-1 over QAS. Looking at the table, and as you'd expect, Lions FC, they remain top of the table on 28 points. They now have a seven-point gap over Kapalabar FC, who are now in second place ahead of Gold Coast United. On goal difference, Gold Coast and Kapalabar do have games in hand on Lions. However, neither can catch them with those games in hand. So Lions are currently in a very strong position to at least finish this first half of the season on top of the table. The league does split after 16 rounds, of course, into two tiers, nine teams in the top tier, eight in the second, and they're going to play off again after that. So Lions are in a great spot to at least finish top of the table in this first half. But as you drop down the table to where the split will actually happen, from, from Morton Bay United in fifth down to Western Pride in tenth, there's just... There's two games or six points between all those sides. So it's going to be a really, really fascinating run in here in the last six or seven games between a lot of these teams to see who can qualify for that top half of the split and who will end up being in women's FQPL next year. Yeah, it is. It's a very um, fluid situation between those those eight teams about who goes, you know, the, the four spots to go up and four spots you know, to go down into FQPL. Um a few sort of you know notes. Uh, Brisbane City at the moment in sixth, so won their first five games. They've dropped five since, and they need to start winning again. Otherwise, they're in, they may be in trouble because they've got a buy, but they've got a buy to give as well. So same with Sunshine Coast Wanderers, uh, whereas Virginia United are sitting in uh, what's that eighth spot? They've got two games in hand. So. It, there's, there's plenty of play out, and it's probably still too early to, uh, you know, to make assumptions on who's going to be there or not. But there's certain trends at the moment you could say that you know teams might need to start winning, or might need to you know ensure they don't lose, or otherwise they may be playing um, FQPL next season. So I think there's going to be plenty of play for right down to the final week of the season, at least at the final week of the um, of the uh, 17 rounds before the split. So it's going to be a fascinating conclusion to this first half of the season in the MPLW. Moving on to FQPL1 on the men's side, Adam. And Brisbane City, they continue their march towards promotion, you'd have to say, at this point. 2-1 away from home against Western Pride. They came from a goal down once again, Yuji Hiriyama and Fraser Hills to get the goals for City again. And they just continue just to find a way, no matter what's thrown at them. A cold night out there at Briggs Road, go a goal down, they just keep finding a way. Yeah, I think yeah, that, that was would have been a bit of a shock to them actually to concede that that uh, early goal. Um, but yeah, they did. They fought back within three minutes, and then uh, a Fraser Hills penalty put it away. 
sort of, I guess, you know, need, need a team could sort of, you know, find the back of net in the second half, but that was job done for Brisbane City, you know, at a, a tough place to play, you know, especially this time of year, you know, like, uh, yeah, Briggs Road, it'd be very, very cold, especially, you know, currently, so I know we'd be down there on some cold nights, and uh, yeah, so, so yeah, so, yeah, they're, they're at the moment, they're, they're flying along at 8-0, and uh, yeah, again, they, they've swept all four of them. It's certainly a cold part of the world out there at Briggs Road, isn't it? Elsewhere in FQPL for the weekend, round nine, Rosedale 3-0 over Holland Park. South United 2-1 on the road against Southside Eagles. And the two games played today, Southwest Queensland Thunder left it late, but won 3-0 over Wynnum Wolves, as did Ipswich Knights left it late against Sunshine Coast FC. Two, two penalties late in the second half there for the points there. As I mentioned, Brisbane City, they are still top of the table, 25 points from eight games played. Played, they are... Oh, that's 24 points, beg your pardon, from eight games played. They are two points clear of Rochdale Rose with a game in hand, and they are in a commanding position, as I mentioned, Adam. Again, not a lot of change on the FQPL1 table this week. Only change has been Ipswich Knights there into fourth place ahead of Western Pride on goal difference, but there's still that gap at the moment at the top. And that game in hand for Brisbane City is going to be... That's really vital, isn't it? Because that'll help them stretch the gap out to a pretty comfortable margin. Well, they own wins over both Rochdale and Southwest Queensland Thunder, who look to be the at this stage the only two teams that really can um, that cha- sort of challenge them for that promotion spot at the moment. Uh, West Western Pride, even though if they if they convert both their games in hand, uh, they only get to eighteen points. So yeah, they're still a long way off off the ball. So yeah, at the moment, uh, you could pretty much say the the statement that this is Brisbane City's premiership to lose. I think is very very active at the moment because. Uh, yeah, if they keep on winning their games, and even if they were to you know, maybe drop a game you know, here or there, it's up to Rochdale and Southwest Queensland Thunder to chase them down. And at the moment, it's a, it looks very, very difficult. Well, they're doing their part at the moment, both Rochdale and Southwest Queensland. But unless until unless Brisbane City slip up, they're going to be struggling to certainly close that gap. Moving on to FQPL2. And once again, it's another goal fest, isn't it, Adam, in the FQPL2? Starting on, on Friday night, Grain Sissel 7-0 over over North Star, um, Turinga 3-1 over Coomera Colts, Caboolture 2-1 winners in a bit of a tight match there against Sanford today, and Mad- and um, Virginia United took out the first set over Magic and over six goals to four, so again, it's just an absolute goal fest, the FQPL too, isn't it? If you want to take any goals, that's the place to go. Yeah, um, the more and more, like I said, being the inaugural season, the more and more seeing these eight sides go to battle week to week, it's almost like defence is not in any of these clubs' DNA, which, you know what, that's not necessarily a bad thing either. Um, Yeah, look, Grange Thistle, 7-0 over North Star. We covered a game um, of of theirs, I think uh, this is a reversal of round one matches, um, where it was a very tight 1-0 win to Grange Thistle. Then somehow Lannan Park go and put seven past them, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, And also as well, Sanford, unlucky to get defeated 2-1, um, at, at Sanford Parklands, maybe maybe Sanford's a tougher place to go than to um, up at uh, up at Morton Bay Complex. So yeah, and Virginia and Magic United. Oh, well, <laughs> what do you say about that? <laughs> well, it was Terry Kirkham's return trip to to the Sanford Parklands, as you mentioned. There, he left Sanford to go to Caboolture, and they and his new side do sit top of the table, as we mentioned every week. They are they're on twenty one points now from seven games. They're now five points clear of Turinga Rose with a game in hand. So they've got they've got 
themselves in a great position going forward, haven't they, Adam? There, but it's just it's just, it's fun to watch, isn't it? Because it's not just it's a goal fest. Some of the goals in this league are absolutely quality. Yeah, look, absolutely. And that's that's no no sort of slight against. Oh, there's no defence uh, in that league. Like I said, we've seen you know plenty of goals from this that that have you know been featuring on you know the uh, football Queensland goals of the week. There's some absolute crackers, you know. And I guess you know when you have that attacking mentality, stuff like that just happens. So so yeah, look, you know, more and more for it. I think you know definitely uh, there's some, some, certainly you know some attacking players in that league that probably should be playing at a higher level. And I guess they're showcasing the talents. So, so yeah, so, you know, more power to them. But Absolutely. as far as, so the, the table itself goes, yeah, I think it's the same can be said about, you know, Caboolture and FQPL too, as we're saying with Brisbane City at the moment, that they probably have the league to lose more than, uh, than you know, the, the, one of the other teams taking from them. Absolutely. And as I mentioned earlier, Sunset Coast Warners were not in action in the league this weekend because they were in action in the Cup. And that was round six FFA Cup action. It was Sunset Coast Wanderers hosting Surface Paris Apollo up there at Ballinger Park. And it was a 3-1 win ultimately after extra time for Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Goals from Jeremy Stewart, Chris Janseski and Andre Janseski got the win for Sunshine Coast in this game. Daniel Sarage for Surface Paradise, Adam. And they certainly made the moon, didn't they, Surface Paris? We, we thought when we saw this tie, it was going to be a tough tie for either side to get through and the Wanderers maybe home home field and the fact that Service Paris had to travel just told in the end. Yeah, yeah, we always this is this is always one one tie that we thought that you know that may go one way or another. And as the Surface Paradise, I think, you know, our quality team, we we've, we've said that for years, that you know, they're probably the benchmark down in uh, the Gold Coast Premier League. And again, they they certainly have not disgraced themselves getting to round six of, you know, the, the uh, FA Cup preliminaries. And uh, yeah, just maybe a bridge too far, you know, you know been able to uh, sort of overcome Sunshine Coast Wanderers at Ballinger Park, which, you know, a certain other Gold Coast club has, has fallen at that ground. So certainly got nothing to be ashamed of. Um, yeah, but uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers, first team into round seven, and they will have a trip to either uh, Croatian Sports Centre or Whitehill Reserve um, in round seven. They will. Those two sides, as you mentioned there, they do play off on Tuesday night, Gold Coast Knights and Holland Park Hawks, amongst three games on FF, on in, on Tuesday in the FFA Cup. Logan and Lightning will host Lions SC, as will Southside Eagles hosting Olympic FC Wellness on Wednesday. You've got Peninsula Power and Ipswich Knights, Brisbane City and Southwest Queensland Thunder. Adam, there's some really interesting matchups there, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Um, look, in, on paper, most of them should be straightforward. But look, this is this is the F, FFA Cup. You know, the, like I said, cup ties are very different animal to league fixtures. Anything anything can happen. Um, some more the chances of some more than others. I think uh, City and Thunder is a very very enticing tie. I think uh, obviously two teams that you know are at the top of FQPL one. Um, whereas you know, look Olympic Olympic I travel to Memorial Park at Balimba, which you know that could be treacherous depending on sort of you know how how the sort of the pitch plays. It's a very very you know, be a different field as far as, you know, feeling, you know, to Goodwin Park. But, yeah, you'd think that their class would get above them. But, again, you know, you, the the trick would be for some of these top teams is not to look beyond 
um, you know, and start thinking about round seven because there's some really enticing ties, you know, coming up in round seven. But they'd be best served to get past their opponents, you know, on Tuesday or Wednesday night before I start thinking about that as well as the league. I've seen, you mentioned it's enticing. We're getting to the stage now of the cup where you can see the carrot sitting there for you. That's that FFA Cup round of 32 national spot is sitting there and all that comes with that in terms of the national attention and the chance to play an A-League side and all the rest of it or progress deep into the cup, whatever it is you're trying to achieve, that carrot is now certainly dangling there. You can you can always reach out and grab it, can't you, when you're two games away in, or in the case of Sunshine Coast. Now they're potentially 90 minutes away from from a first appearance of that at that at that level. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, look, every, every side there stands to gain from, you know, you know, rep, you know being Queensland's representatives in the national round of 32. Um, look, for something like a Sunshine Coast Wanderers, that really would put them on on the map um, as far as, as far as, you know, them being, um, you know, you know, sort of stepping out of Sunshine Coast Fire's shadow as, you know, as the club on the Sunshine Coast. Um, we're something like a Brisbane City as well for all the, you know, the misery and almost embarrassment of being relegated, you know, from NPL last year. A trip to the round of 32 for them would mean so much because it would show that the, the club has, you know, gone in a 180 direction almost from that low last November that, you know, they're, they're still rising again. And, you know, for clubs like Olympic and Olympic and Power, only one of them are going to go through. So that, if if both teams survive their ties this week, that is a high stakes game of you know, of the ultimate magnitude, you know, in round seven between Olympic and Penn Power because both the sides have got sides that are built for FA Cup round three two, but only one's going to get there. And then you got Gold Coast Knights have always been, you know, between the, the, the and that group of players that seem to be perennial, you know, FFA Cup national round, you know, teams. You know, it's it's another trip for them. So there's so much, you know, to unpack. There's so much on the line for the FFA Cup right now. There isn't. I think Sunshine Coast Warriors have already stepped out of the um line, stepped, moved ahead of Sunshine Coast Fire. But anyway, we'll move on to the fixtures coming up. Well, if you don't, I was going to say, if you don't, if you if you believe, because uh, here in Queensland we know that, but I don't think in other places they're aware that there is another side <laughs> on the Sunshine Coast. They may very well be aware of them soon. We'll have to wait and see. Good luck to the Wanderers in round seven against whoever that whoever they play. This weekend in the MPL, Adam, we've got, again, it's another top four showdown in the men's half of the competition. You've got Gold Coast Knights hosting Peninsula Power. That is third versus first, I believe, on Saturday night down there on the Gold Coast. Then you've got Raw playing against Olympic on Sunday at Goodwin Park, which is second versus fourth. So, That'll be a really good indication of where those two top four sides are. And maybe we might be able to see the table condense a little bit. Or Peninsula Power kick clear. We'll have to wait and see. Whereas in the women's, I think the big game to keep an eye on, isn't it, Adam? It's Gold Coast United against Morton Bay. And the bounce back factor there against another really free scoring side like Morton Bay. That's That'll be one to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Um, look, Morton Bay is a great, is a, is a great win for them. Um, Bias aside, of course. Uh, for them on Friday night over Brisbane City. Um, that, that would mean a lot to them. And yeah, but yeah, I don't know if I want to be Morton Bay this week now with a very, probably a very angry, um, Gold Coast United coming up the, um, coming up for that, for that game because, uh, yeah, they're going to want to bounce back and make a statement of their own after being, uh, being thrashed on their own turf. So that's a game, that's a game to watch, but it also could be an opportunity for Morton Bay to certainly, they've got the firepower to match it. You know, so that will be a fascinating game itself. So I'm not not completely going to write off Morton Bay's chances, but on paper it's going to it's going to be a tough one. 
It most certainly we'll talk about those matches next week on the Brisbane Football Review's NPL Sunday show. But before we go, Adam, who is your performer of the week? And again, you caught me, you tried to catch me on a technicality here last week. It can be a player, it can be a moment, it can be a team, whatever you want. Jeez, oh, actually, I didn't actually prepare anything uh, this week. So I'm just... Uh, look, I, I'm actually going to... I'm gonna actually go with... Um, with Ease, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, with uh, Jamie Pin and uh, Lawrence Camp for their for their goals to stun lines. Um, you know, late to get that draw. That's an important point. That's an important point for them. I think um, it, it's a sort of a point that they wouldn't have banked on. You know, as far as their hopes go. So so yeah. So if you sort of point say that you know they yeah, uh, their continuing status in MPL next year. You know, th- these are sort of games that you know you say this is a point that they wouldn't have already banked on. That that that's one less game, and yeah, and, and like I said, to come back against Lions three 0 who in the past have been almost you know unbeatable from a winning position. You know, you know more power to them. So I'll give them my performer of the week. Certainly a good shout, and East are very good at home against the top teams. We saw them beat mm. Olympic FC earlier in the year as well, so they're good at home against the top teams. And Peninsula oh. Power also hate going there as well. Probably, that's probably <laughs> been the only time the Peninsula Power have really gotten actually escaped the season there in their unbeaten run so far. So yeah, but Heath Park is a, is a is a very very tough place to go to, and it's more proof of this. It is my performance. Like, I'm just going with the obvious. It's that Lions SC performance away to Gold Coast. When you make them, when you put your marker down like that in terms of the rest of the competition, that's that's the performer of the week for me. If you want an individual player, I'll go Tegan Riding for her two goals in that match to to set them on their way. But it was a complete team performance for me, and they are my performer of the week, Adam. Yeah, fifty-seven goals in ten games. Fifty-seven Out- goals. Outrageous. That's isn't it? Outrageous. And uh, Shay Connors. Shay Connors, 21 goals so far this season. We we were saying 40 goals, you know, might be, you know, was probably enough to win it. <laughs> Look, who knows? She might have. She may get. She may be up for 40 goals before the split. So, very <laughs> well. We have to wait and see on that. Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens in the future. But for now, thanks for joining me once again, Adam. Yep. Thanks, Scott. Thanks to all our listeners. Absolutely. That'll be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review's NPL Sunday show. We've got our regular show covering the A-League and the Brisbane Raw. That'll be out on Wednesday. But for now, we'll talk to you later.